Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. Um, usually, I should have a very uh, clever piece of news right here. Yeah, this right is now. this is this is where we this is where we riff. This is where we have some banter, Zijan. <laughs> I know, but all I can think of right now is that how do I bring out Kirsten Dance without not without bringing out Kirsten Dance in this podcast? Oh, uh, um, it's uh, <laughs> Kirsten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on the one hand, I'm very excited about the uh, the Kirsten Dunst Renaissance. Everyone's talking about her Oscar nomination, and surely on the way. Oh, geez, uh, man. On, on the other hand, every time anyone ever talks about her, they call her Kirsten, and I get cross. <laughs> so this is my uh, my public service announcement to uh, to the world. She's been a she's been an actor now for what thirty years, more than that. Uh, it's pronounced Kirsten. It's, it's not uh, difficult. There you go, our fellow listeners. This date house is not going to beat itself. <laughs> you brought her up, in fairness. I know. I, I wasn't. Oh, well. I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention her for a good four or five minutes. So this is. <laughs> well, the, the only thing I was thinking about was because we put you. I was looking for my name in your blog per usual. Your your annual blog about yes, the year. Yes, of course. Of and course. I always only just look for my name because that's the most important thing. Absolutely. And mine is just beside Kirsten Dunn, so I need to. So, you know, it's, it. uh, to be, I'll, I'll be honest with you, John. I wrote it all. This is a, for those listeners who don't know. Every year I do a kind of Q and A of the previous year. I wrote it and I thought, Cezanne's going to complain. He's not mentioned. I better go and put him in somewhere. And I went back and uh, inserted your name in it. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Oh uh, dear, um, today, as well as probably several references to Kirsten Dunst, um, we're talking about 2002 in film. Uh, we've got a quiz on the films of Pete Docter. Uh, we're talking about the films of Bill Camp and much, much, much more. more. We started One day with... we'll be able to say that simultaneously. Well, yeah, well, I could fix it in the edit, but I never, <laughs> never do. No. Uh, we start as we always do, Zijan, with some movie news. It feels like it's a bumper fortnight for music, movie news. Well, it's to make up for our last, uh, the last podcast, right? Mm. So, uh, so the, I guess the main bit of news I have is that the Golden Globes uh, came up. It did. Uh, they happened, sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> it was neither televised nor live streamed. No one showed up to present or collect the awards. They just, uh, they just tweeted them. Yeah. <laughs> And then everyone who received them was kind of like, okay. thanks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's an awkward Golden Globe, so I'm not too sure what they're going to do with it. I'm not too sure what they can do to um, yeah, recover their image from this. Because uh, the whole reason behind this, for those who don't know, is because the Golden Globes had a massive diversity issue right now. Yeah, and they, they attempted to fix it and they... Basically, feels you didn't you didn't go far enough. And the whole Golden Globes thing is a really weird thing, anyway, where it's just a bunch of journalists who, I mean, it's just a tiny number of people who are like these are our favourite things. And I guess it, it was probably always seen as more of a kind of precursor to the Oscars. If you can do well in this, it helps you in that kind of thing. But yeah, it it is more the precursor and the BAFTAs as well. They all come before the Oscars, so yeah, um, yeah, winners, winners. Let's talk about winners. Let's talk about it. Uh, best motion picture drama, The Power of the Dog. Have you seen uh, it? Which, no. It's very I've good. I've seen it yet. It's very uh, good. It's definitely, uh, definitely worth a watch. And uh, um, of that, we haven't... You're biased, Colin. Uh, I am biased. But even so, it's a very good film. Of the list of five, so it's up against Belfast, Coda, Dune and King Richard. Uh, I've not seen Belfast or Coda, but it's certainly the best of the other of the other three, comfortably. The, I'm surprised, surprised King Richard made that list, I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Uh, best motion picture musical or comedy is uh, West Side Story mm. which may make it the first film to win best picture twice well not the first film to win <laughs> first move well how am I going to explain this it's not really clear but <laughs> is it the first remake of a film to win best picture that also the original film won best picture there could be yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that, there must be a quick way of saying that it's um, way too much of a mouthful is that true it would be right I don't know Probably. Yeah, well, The Godfather 2 is the first sequel. Yeah. Uh, I think the best I can come up with is maybe Seven Samurai won it and then The Magnificent Seven, but that seems highly unlikely. So let's say it's true. Mm, yeah, that is probably true. So, West Side Story 1 um, among uh, Cyrano. I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing this because someone was telling me, uh, I, I was reading or uh, listening to a podcast recently and they definitely uh, pronounced it differently. I would say Cyrano, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Uh, which I've not seen. Don't Look Up, um, which we've both seen. Yes. Licorice Pizza, which I'm going to talk about later. Oh. And Tick, Tick, Boom. Which is, 
I'd say it's better than West Side Story, I think. I enjoy both of them. I mm. think it's quite, I'm quite hard to between Taxi Boom and West Side Story. Yeah, I think it's a very close fight. Yep. Um, best Actress went to, or in the drama rather, went to uh, Nicole Kidman for Bin Ricardos, who I think mm. is a, a worthy win. I, 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 I've not seen all the, indeed any of the others, but um, but when I saw her in that, I thought, yes, I think she should be in the in the conversation, certainly. And I thought she might well win. I think she might well win the Oscar. Well, yeah, oh, wow. Really strong. The second time. Really strong performance. Uh, yeah, The Hours, didn't she uh, won for that? Does she have a prosthetic nose in this? Uh, so I, my brother claims that she's got prosthetics. I didn't really notice the prosthetics, uh, but maybe that's the trick. That's how you win Oscars. That's how you win Oscars. Lose weight, gain weight, or wear prosthetics. And the equivalent for the musical or comedy is newcomer Rachel Zegler from West Side Story. Yes. Hmm. Uh, well, that's, she's called, uh, this is a very odd category, isn't it? You have Emma Stone from Cruella, Jennifer Lawrence from Don't Look Up. I mean... I enjoyed Rachel Zegler's performance in West Side Story, but you know I wasn't no, as blown I'm, away by that as, like, for example, uh, uh, Ariana DeBose as Anita, which I think was much a stronger performance. But yeah, well, we'll get to that, Asian. We'll get to that. Yeah, I know you are not <laughs> happy with that. Uh, best performance by an actor in motion picture drama. You have Will Smith from King Richard. Oh, that's the other thing you can do is uh, put, put on an accent. That gets you a prize. Uh, <laughs> um, he was he was good. I'm not sure he was the best, but uh, I what drama. So I, I I do a film awards thing, but it's a, as well. But it's um a very it has even less relevance than the Golden Globes. Um, but yeah, so Rachel Zegler I think was my tenth favorite actress performance of the year in Will Smith. I, I know who fourth, won this, Colin. <laughs> well, I I know who won your supporting actress, but now mine. <laughs> uh, yes. So should we? Well, we'll get to supporting actress. Um, yeah. Andrew Garfield, I think a, a worthy winner of um, uh, Best Actor in Musical Comedy. He was fa- absolutely fantastic. Again, I think uh, I think could be him with a chance of an Oscar there. Uh, yeah, very strong contender, I think. I've, yeah, Will Smith was, was was good, but Andrew Garfield, much better, I thought. So that was, mm. Here we go then. Best Supporting Actress. The uh, the favourite, the frontrunner, the uh, the person we're all talking about, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, was robbed, Sejan. Robbed in this category I have no comments on this except well the thing is I want to give a very fair view on this okay <laughs> because I've not seen the power of the dog so yes. I can't really comment on about this whatsoever um, but yeah I, I, I'll defer to you because you've seen both and I'm as unbiased as any commentator could be I I mean Ariana DeVos didn't even make my top 10 supporting actresses of the year so. I know hmm. um I don't think so. Passing, which I talked about last time, Ruth Negger was nominated for that. I was slightly surprised, or well, very surprised, really. Um, Tessa Thompson wasn't nominated for Best Actress for that because I think she was phenomenal in that film. Mm, um, but Ru- that. Ruth Negger's in the kind of in the awards. She's getting quite a few nominations and stuff, and I'm surprised Tessa Thompson hasn't. And supporting actor, um, I don't have the list on me. Now, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, who he won it for The Power of the Dog. Ah, the, he's a he's a kid, right? Yeah, he, well, he's, yes, you, you'll know him as um, as Nightcrawler from one of the X-Men films. Um, but yeah, he's the, the son of Kirsten Dunn's character. Um, uh, ben Affleck nominated for The Tender Bar, which I saw yesterday. Um, and he's good, but he's never going to win any of these things, I don't think. I, don't, I think he's kind of a good performance, but not really a winning performance. And then the others are from Belfast and Coda, which I've not seen. And there you go. Yep. That's pretty much the main Golden Globe things that we talk about anyway. Yeah, so, well, and uh, let's say Best Director for Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, uh, hmm. which is uh, well-deserved, I think. Uh, there you go. We spent longer than I thought we would. Um, we've got so much to get through. Yep. Speaking of awards, uh, Tom Holland might be hosting the Oscars. Uh, he's in the, he's in the, uh, in the running, apparently. Uh, um, Pete Davidson is also being talked about. Okay. Uh, as a possible host. I don't know much about Pete Davidson other than I get him mixed up with Peter Davison, who was um, one of the Doctor Whos. But uh, I believe, I don't know, he, he doesn't strike me as someone that I would want to put too much responsibility into the hands of. Who, Pete Davidson. Pete he was Davidson. from Saturday Night Live, though, and Saturday Night Live has a reputation mm. of churning out reasonable hosts, I think. Mm. Whereas, um, whereas Tom Holland is, a, is, is loved by all, but has not done anything like this before, I wouldn't have thought. 
Exactly. Yeah, I don't know whether he has the comedic chops to, or whether he he's even going down a comedic route though. Like mm. the last time they had young actors present the Oscars, <laughs> it didn't go well, did it? We'll be thinking about James Franco and Hathaway. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, uh, we've. I think Tom Holland would be a good show. I I I'd enjoy to see that. Mm. Would you watch Oscars though? We don't watch Oscars. I've never seen the Oscars, but I'll enjoy it <laughs> because exactly right. it's on at like three in the morning on a channel I don't have. <laughs> but uh, I'll enjoy watching the clip show the next morning. So. Um, and I guess the last bit of uh, awards news is that I think the SAG has just aw- announced their nominations. They have. So these are the Screen Actor Guild. So these are so the winners are not uh, voted for by fellow actors as well. So m- some people may say this lends more weight to this uh, this uh, awards ceremony as opposed to the Golden Globes, but. Um, yeah, they've they've been uh they've been there. All the big names, the usual suspects are in the well the four I, main roles. And the uh, well, there's two two uh, things I've seen just from Twitter and stuff that so very some people are very upset that um uh that what's her name Christ, Kristen Stewart wasn't wasn't nominated for Spencer Spencer. Oh. Uh, but you know who was nominated, Susan, for best supporting actor for Gucci. House of Gucci was uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, not a man I was expecting. Uh, listeners may recall I I, nominated, I I predicted that he would win a Razzie for that role, um, which could still happen. Surprise there. I'm surprised too. Hmm. Hmm. I'll tell you what we we didn't mention with the Golden Globes, which I hadn't spotted before, is that uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines wasn't even nominated for Best Animated Picture. Oh, that's mad. That, that, that is crazy. I don't know what, yeah. That was such crazy. a good film. Encanto won, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is also a very good film. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Mitchell's versus the Machines was brilliant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Chris Evans is in uh, is going to be playing Gene Kelly in a film about Gene Kelly. Uh, it's not a biopic though. Isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, what is it then? Uh, it follows a 12-year-old boy who works on the MGM lot set in 1952 and begins to create an imagined friendship with the legendary movie star Gene Kelly. Ooh, a kind of um, a nicer version of Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, it seems to be the time for uh, beloved MCU actors to play dancers of the Golden yeah, Age. Yeah. So that's <laughs> you only have two, right? Two so far. <laughs> two so far. But... Uh, <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. Um, Scott Johansson will be playing Ginger Rogers. It could happen. Uh, I don't know how good Chris Evans is when it comes to dancing. Gene Kelly was a fantastic dancer. Mm. Like his his tapping scenes were were out of the world. Uh, I don't think it's very easy to replicate as well. I'm not too sure what dancing background Chris Evans have, but it'll be interesting to see. He strikes me as someone who can dance. I've got nothing to base that on. (laughs) Uh, There you go. Um, Rooney Mara is set to play Audrey Hepburn. Mm. And this is a biopic. This is uh, trying to, going back through Hollywood's golden years again. Uh, have you seen much Audrey Hepburn stuff? Just My Fair Lady. Mm. I, I I think she's fantastic. Uh, quite similar. It looks like I don't know. Have they cast her for the way she looks rather than anything else? I don't know. Could be. There, there were arguments on the internet, as, as people do, that they would rather have Lily Collins play Audrey Hepburn as well. And Lily Collins also look a lot like Audrey Hepburn. It's the eyes, isn't it? His eyes, yeah. It's all eyes. Yeah. I I don't know the Audrey Hepburn story. I don't know if, if there's... Is there a... much of a story? Well, I'm not sure. It might just be a... She tried to become an actor and then she did that. I... Well done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a film... Uh, what's it? Is it Funny Face? It might be. Well, um, I think I might be getting my films mixed up. But basically, there's this whole thing about trying to make this this girl into a into a, an attractive young lady, and it's like, but she looks so weird and strange. It's like it's all she happened. Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? There? Yeah, she's wearing glasses, but okay. Uh, I mean, come on, Colin. When you wear glasses, you look completely different. <laughs> That's uh, the rule. How true? How true? I occasionally I now take my glasses off uh, when they're steamed up and no one recognises me and more to the point I don't recognise anyone because I can't see anymore <laughs> um, speaking of, of going back through old Hollywood Gal Gadot is going to be um, starring in a remake of To Catch a Thief which is a, a Hitchcock film that starred Cary Grant and uh, Grace Kelly uh, oh. and is uh, very good uh, one of his better ones I think 
Um, I've not seen that before, so I have nothing to base it on. There you go. I, I don't think there's a, a Cary Grant um, replacement yet attached, but that's, that's where she'll be going next. After, I'm going to do two pieces of news to the price of one here. Um, she gets through two Red Notice sequels. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, wow, people actually like this show. Well, they watched it. I don't know if they liked it. <laughs> I mean, everyone watched it, because if you've got... Well, do you watch it? No, no. I didn't, because they, they were doing a lot of promotion on it. So you so, so just, my... just, just to spite them, you're like, I'm not watching it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, it was the first thing on my Netflix, right? Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that came up my turn on Netflix, so the first banner on top is Rate Notice. I'm like, yep, I'm not watching it. Like... <laughs> It's a good job they didn't advertise Spider-Man. You could have... Uh... <laughs> no, like, I don't particularly care enough. No, it, it was it was a nothing film. But I think if you've got a film that stars The Rock, Gal Gadot and, and Ryan Reynolds and it's free, you might as well watch it. But I'm not going to... Well, I probably will watch them. Um, but I don't know. I'm not excited <laughs> by this. I don't, I'm assuming Netflix are paying them... Hundreds of millions for this, and that's the way. The first one had a two hundred million budget. Yeah, apparently the, the the most watched thing on Netflix ever, or something. So <sighs> it's insane. Mm. It's insane. Uh, well, well, there you know. That's how much we know what people like and what people do not like. Yeah. So, um, Wes Anderson is making another adaptation, which is going to be his second adaptation in his entire portfolio, and it's also good. His first one being uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. And this one is going to be another road of uh, adaptation, and it's going to be the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, which I have not heard of until. I, no, I've never this. heard of that. Well, because Netflix had their huge deal, didn't they, where they bought Roald Dahl's the rights to Roald Dahl's work? Yeah. And I think at the time we suggested that maybe all of Roald Dahl's stuff had been adapted already, but we were wrong because the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and six more apparently was was unadapted. Up. But it's, yeah, okay. Many British stars are in it. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. Ray Fiennes, Dev Patel, and Ben Kingsley. They're all involved. Yeah. Um, i trying to think whether they've worked with him before. I feel like Dev Patel has, but I can't think what it would have been. Mm. And obviously, Ray, Ray Fiennes has in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. I think that's the only one. Oh, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. Why not? I'll watch this. Yeah, I'll watch that. In between Red Notice sequels, I'll get... <laughs> I'll get to that. You make some time, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of red, um, the film Turning Red about Red Panda is coming straight to Disney Plus. No cinema release for that. I'll be able to watch it from the comfort of my own home. Mm, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure now. Like, is is cinema popular among parents bringing their kids? I don't know. I have no idea. No clue. Like, you think that all oh, this will make a lot of money, especially a film like Turning Red. It seems like it's targeting to the Chinese market as well. Hmm. I'll be surprised that they don't, you know, go into theaters in China at least. But that's true. I, I I've not checked to see whether that's worldwide or whether that's not. Maybe maybe it's. I don't know. I just saw in the UK. But I think US as well. Well, I've got sad news for you, Colin. Oh, uh, is it? Is it very sad news about about my the film I've been looking forward to most above all? Yes, it's moving dates again. Ah, <sighs> okay. I know. From the January twenty eighth to April first, Colin's most much awaited film. <laughs> Uh, of all time <laughs> yes I cannot wait to see Mr. Gucci himself play a vampire Morbius will be moved again see, the thing is I'm going to watch this movie so I don't know why I'm mocking. of course so I'm not too sure why uh... <laughs> uh, well, the thing, I thing don't want to see it Zijan I don't want to see it the thing is if your expectations are low you can't be disappointed right you, you think that <laughs> um, okay yes Morbius the, the living vampire he's in this tangled web of Sony, what universe is he in? Seems to be in every universe. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. Um, the Taika Waititi's Taiki uh, Taika Waititi's next film, Next Goal Wins, um, which is about uh, I can't remember which country now. Some small islands uh, football team. Samoa. Uh, no, thank you. Yes. Um, for some reason, Arby Hammer's dropped out, and uh, <laughs> Will Arnett has replaced him. They look maybe similar. They're, well, both, they're both white men. I guess so. They both have hair. Oh, Will Arnett is balding, isn't he? Okay, one of them has hair. Maybe they'll put a wig on him. Yeah. Well, well, to the surprise of no one, right? Mm, yeah. Um, 
we have a new director for the sequel for A Quiet Place. Oh, yes. Uh, and this would be uh, the director for Pig. Your favourite uh, favorite Nicholas Cage film you've not seen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> I will do it. We've along with the 99 other Nicholas Cage films <laughs> that he made. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. Good. I didn't see Quiet Place Part 2, if I'm honest. Um, it's pretty good. It's not as good as the first one. You may as well just... Yeah, it's fine. Um, Josh Hartnett has joined Oppenheimer. <laughs> Josh Hartnett is a man who has been linked with like I'm sure at one point he was like offered Superman and offered Batman and he's like no no I don't want to be typecast I want to not make films that anyone watches but he's back <laughs> I mean what's Josh Hartnett been doing for the last 20 years I have no idea since Pearl Harbor really was he in Pearl Harbor <laughs> yeah I've not seen Pearl Harbor I, I saw him in uh, Lucky Number 11 that was him wasn't it and uh, was I, he in the Cider House Rules I don't think so that was Tobey Maguire uh, and Paul Rudd and Michael Caine and Charlize Theron I think good film oh, well, well well, good to see him back again I thought he was dead so. <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> welcome back Josh it's been a while yeah we're so pleased to see you we've just named like two or three films you may have been in and my last bit of news is that Denzel Washington is gearing up for the Equalizer 3, which I've not seen part one and part two. Yeah, I guess I, something. I saw that and I thought, I'm not going to bother mentioning that because I don't know anything about this. That's why it's right at the end of my news. Fair enough. Well, I have I have one more. Um, that Andrew Burnap, whoever he is, has joined uh, the live-action Snow White film in an unspecified role. We know he's not the prince and we know he's not the huntsman. So, uh, and he's not a dwarf, I guess. Well, maybe, I don't know. Probably not. So, that's Rachel Zegler, isn't it? Yep. There you go. Um, we move on, Zijan, to our segment to See or Not to Z, where we talk about films we've recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Zed them. And uh, oh. I have a, I have a suspicion that you've already oh. hinted at the film you've seen. I have, uh, but I'm going to mention one other film that I've seen first as well. Cool. I saw The Lost Daughter. Oh, yes. On Netflix. So, this is directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal in her directorial debut it stars Olivia Coleman as a woman on a working holiday in Greece where she meets a young mother played by Dakota Johnson and then whereupon she reflects on her own life when she was a young mother before so Colin is, have is you seen in, the trailer for this film it's um, on Netflix by the way yes yeah, I've not seen the, I think I've seen kind of the opening seconds that Netflix automatically plays it's on my it's on my list to watch but I've not got to it yet what do you think of the film, like from if you've seen the opening ones? I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's enough for you to get an impression of what the film is going to be. Um, I feel it's probably going to be uh, fairly traumatic, um, and Olivia Coleman is going to be uh, upset and burn stuff. Okay, should I spoil this for you? Uh, I'm not. F- I, I don't really want full spoilers, but do what no. you, do what you can. Well, I'm going to say this right now: the trailers we saw this film completely. All right. So I came into this expecting a psychological thriller because the trailers have this ominous music yes. playing in the background. Yes, cetera, I'd, say that's, I'd say that's what I was expecting, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's none of that. It's a screwball, screwball comedy, is it? It's pretty flat. Okay. Nothing really happens. Right. Uh, yeah, nothing really happens. That's that's all I can say without spoiling anything. Nothing, nothing really happens in this okay. whole film. Basically, I went into this film expecting like you know, for it to be like, um, I was going to use Seven as an example. That's not a good example. Think of a psychological thriller. Um, uh, all Good Things, the Ryan Gosling kissed and dance film. I've not seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was just expecting something more and the film, unfortunately, just didn't live up to that expectation. So I, I would suggest if you, when you go into this film, Colin, just keep it quite low. Gone Girl. Gone, Gone Girl is a, uh, a psychological thriller yeah. which, with a title that means almost exactly the same thing. Yes, but this is not Gone Girl. It's okay. just, yeah, nothing... Nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> but nothing does, is, happens. It, is it good or is it just... No, so no. everyone says um, how well Olivia Coleman is as well. Yeah. Um, I thought Jessie Buckley, who plays her younger self, there was a lot of flashbacks in this film. Lots and lots of flashbacks. Right. Um, like pretty much half the film is flashbacks. Yeah, right. um, so I thought Jesse Buckley who plays the younger self was better than Olivia Coleman mm. I would say okay. yeah, um, I'm not even a big fan of the, the camera work there were a lot of 
uncomfortable close-ups that don't make sense. Okay. Um, it's just like, why, why is this camera looking at this position? I'm not getting anything from this whatsoever. It's just, and there's so many of them as well. So, yeah, I think I was very disappointed when I watched this. I'm glad I watched it on Netflix because this is not something I would be happy to pay for in, oh, wow. in the okay. cinema. Yeah. So, have fun watching this coming. Yeah, look forward to it. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm assuming Licorice Pizza is your other one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Not yet. Uh, this is great though. Okay. Yeah, so this is a coming-of-age film written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, and the film debuted, so the two leads, uh, Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman, is a film debut. Um, and Cooper Hoffman, you can tell by his last name, is the son of... Uh, Philip Seymour? Yep, a very long-time collaborator. Rather with, than uh, uh, Dustin. Yeah, with Paul Thomas Anderson. So, um, yeah, it's a coming-of-age film, and we love coming-of-age films, even though we are... Way past the coming of age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we basically come of age twice. That's how, <laughs> how old we are. Yeah, it's a it's a very charming and sweet film with uh, surprising, yeah, very very surprising charismatic performances from the two leads. Honestly, this is this is our first film. I cannot tell they are wonderful in it. Like wow. you can buy it. Um, it tells the tale of a relationship between a fifteen year old boy and a twenty five year old woman. Okay. So it's yeah. It's a bit sketchy there, but it's mostly platonic. So, right. and all the hijinks they get up to, and it's, it's good fun. The only thing that I did not like about this film, and how are you going to say this without spoiling anything? I'm afraid I don't know how to answer that question. Once you see this film, yes. there will, yeah, there will be a, you'll understand which, I, I hope, yeah, there, there, there's just one scene which, I didn't like and if it was gone uh, I think this would be a wonderful film but I think that scene dragged it dragged this film down quite a bit Ooh. well I uh, I must admit Paul Thomas Anderson I, I really hated the master that he did mm. um, but I, I enjoyed Magnolia and There Will Be Blood I don't think I rave about them as much as some people even here as much as some people do uh, so yeah I wasn't I wasn't going to rush and see this one but if you think it's worth uh, checking out no. I think you should watch this. Well, over The Lost Daughter especially as well. Okay, cool. I uh, will take a trip to my local multiplex. Um, I have been watching Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, So uh, Sidney Poitier uh, recently died, and this was... uh, I've only seen one of his films for, which we did for um, Look Back in Oscar, Uh which was uh, In the Heat of the Night. Uh, This is a film of him and, and Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Uh, and among others uh, he is obviously a black man uh, and he is engaged to be married to a white woman and he's meeting her parents for the first time and in fact they, they don't know that this I think they, they meet and get engaged in like 10 days um, before the film starts and I, I I knew of this film I knew of the the comedy remake uh, which was race swapped if that's a thing um, with Ashton Kutcher meeting Bernie Mac um and so I didn't really know what to expect of this one. But it's it's fascinating looking back at this. It was made in the 60s. And at the point it was made, I think um, marriage between races was still illegal in maybe 16 states of the USA, something like that. Wow. Uh, so it's very, I guess, controversial at the time and, and, and very relevant at the time. Uh, and the way it's framed is that... Um, this girl's uh, father, who was spent, played by Spencer Tracy, is kind of against this marriage and, and her mother's kind of for it. But the reason the father's against it is because he thinks that they will have a really difficult time. So it's kind of a... He's portrayed as not being racist. So he's not like, I, I hate... I don't think black people should marry white people. He's just saying, it's, you're going to make your life and your children's lives so tough if you do this. Um, it's so weird watching this now because you're like, yeah, white woman and black man marrying what's what's the big deal um so it's very difficult to kind of put yourself in that mindset but if mm. you if you can watch it as as uh just thinking back to that time which i guess wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things uh yeah it's a fascinating film um good performances all around set in the beautiful san francisco um i haven't seen the the remake which i suspect is not as good but i thought uh yeah since sydney Poitier passed away i had this on my to, to watch list for some time i thought i'd, I'd sit down and watch this um, fact I didn't know, Zijan, which I might be ruining the quiz. Um, in the film Up, uh, the character of Carl is his appearance is based on Spencer Tracy in this movie. 
is it? I didn't know that. Uh, I've never seen a Spencer Tracy movie before. In fact, this was um, uh, my first, and it's only my fifth Catherine Hepburn, so this is uh, kind of a bit of exploration around. But yeah, definitely uh, definitely of its time, um, but uh, fascinating to watch. Cool. We move on, Zijan, uh, to our, our main segment for the day, which is looking back at 2002 in film. Uh-huh. What we usually do in these kind of things is I start off by uh, asking Zijan what he was doing in 2002. He gets annoyed with me, and then we move on to uh, film related things. So let's, <laughs> so, so let's do that. Zijan, what were you doing in 2002? Preparing for my GCSEs. Preparing for your GCSEs? Oh, my equivalent GCSEs, yeah. The ones I get in Malaysia, which are the equivalent for GCSEs. I think we take it one year later. Oh, uh, right, yes. That's yeah. why. Oh. Yeah, good. Me too. Yeah, that's the most interesting thing. That <laughs> Me too, and, I was, and starting uh, starting sixth form. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow, exciting. Our lives were so exciting back then. <laughs> it's all, it was all happening. I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still preparing for exams even now. Oh, well. Uh, we have the top 10 in the box office. Uh, and you, you can tell, I think we talked about this maybe when we did 2001, but um, sequels are definitely uh, creeping in. Yeah, but not as much as the previous one, right? No, not uh, so last time we looked like 10 years, anyway, so it would have been um, 2011. I guess that was all sequels. It's uh, all sequels. Yeah, this is only half of it is sequels. Mm. Um, so let's start from number 10 and go up. Um, we have number 10 is Minority Report. Steven Spielberg mm. teaming up with Tom Cruise um, for the first time, I think. Um, yeah, it would be because yeah. this predates War of the Worlds. Uh, I, every time I use a, a touchscreen, I picture myself being Tom Cruise. Um, yes, that's <laughs> that was part of the film. Yeah, back then, back then when touchscreens weren't big at all. Yeah, uh, honestly, all the phones back then were bulky Nokia's with Snake. Yeah, Snake one, Snake. not even Snake two. Okay, it did. Pred- I mean, it predicted touchscreens. Albeit he had to wear a special glove. They predicted yeah. kind of um, very personalized advertising the whole precognition thing hasn't quite happened nope or, okay, yeah. they predicted Colin Farrell being a, a movie star by putting her in that movie it's <laughs> uh, it, is, is a, is a decent film I can't remember much of it but I did remember, do remember enjoy watching it yeah it's, it's uh, good there's some scary mechanical spiders mm. uh, number nine my big fat Greek wedding which I have not seen I've seen this uh, it's a uh, Actually, I've seen pretty much all of the films here, uh, okay. apart from apart from number seven. But uh, <laughs> yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. It was a surprise hit. Uh, you have uh, an unknown lead actress, um, and she just helmed her first comedy film, and it made a lot more money than expected. Right, so. Yeah, it's it's a good film. It's a it's a very, very it's a very funny film. I think the reason why it was popular is because um, it talks about different cultures mm. mingling, right? And a lot of a lot people can relate to that, and so, so it's, that it's, helps propel. Its was popularity. one of them Greek and one of them not Greek? Was that yeah, one of them Greek and one of them? American. I guess it, it has much in common with um, guess who's coming to dinner. Yeah. So a clash clash of cultures basically. So uh, to to humorous effect um, because there wasn't any racism back. In, no, in there was 20, no racism in 2002. 2002. That's a, a well known fact. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> well, there, there, there was a sequel to this, wasn't there? And maybe a TV uh, yes. series? There, is, there was a sequel to this, which, mm. which didn't do well at all. Okay. Um, Speak, yeah. Speaking of films with sequels, Ice Age, which is still churning out sequels, even I think we've got one this year, haven't we? Yes. I hate Ice Age. Why do you hate it? I'm not sure I've even seen it. But I <laughs> <laughs> hate it so much just because. Um, it felt there was a period of my life where every time I went to the cinema, I had a trailer with that annoying squirrel thing in it. Just running around the screen like an idiot. But I really I hate mean, Ice Age. Why were you bother you at 16 years old, Colin? Um, I think maybe maybe I hate it more from the sequels, I don't know. It's just a squirrel with a giant acorn. Flipping squirrel. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, Fox has not... Be- at that point in time, Fox was not well known for churning out um, great animated films, and Ice Age is probably one of their bigger hits, uh, all things considered. And so they decide to make another seven of them. <laughs> as, as, as you do, right? I mean, like, I mean, the animated film back then, uh, the studios were just dominated by Disney and Pixar. Uh, yeah. And DreamWorks coming with Shrek, right? Um, but apart from that, you know, Fox, you know, who thought Fox would be doing Ice Age? And there you go. Yeah. Mm. Um. 
Number seven, Signs, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. I have seen this one. It's um, uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it might... It, it's uh, aliens and stuff. It's, it's not bad. Um, I might... Apart from the water thing. Do you like the water twist? Well, I think I already knew it going into it. So I wasn't as disappointed as some people uh, would um. have been. Uh, I enjoyed them wearing tinfoil hats. I think it's the first time I've seen people wear tinfoil hats. Um, to try and ward off government well usually it's to then, ward off government uh, um, signals in this case I think to ward off alien signals but. and this was the point when people started winning off uh, M.I. Shyamalan films and uh, his twists um, this is not the worst of them um, the yep. happening was probably much worse <laughs> and Lady, um, Lady in the Water I know you're not a fan of or Lady yeah, in the Water so. or, uh, yeah I, I think this one kind of got mixed reviews rather than negative reviews from, oh. from memory but yeah it was as you say not not received as, as joyfully although still the seventh highest grossing movie of the year um, just ahead or sorry just behind um, Die Another Day which might be everyone's least favourite Bond film this one with Halle Berry right this one with Halle Berry he was going to get a spin-off and all sorts and um, that didn't happen. To be honest, it's not, it's not even my least favourite. I, I think Quantum of Solace is worse. But it um, it went very heavy on CGI and effects, and they were not ready for it. Um, yeah, what a way to end Pierce Brosnan's run. Yeah, poor guy. As James Bond. Poor guy. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it as a... It was almost the greatest hits of James Bond. I think it was the... It was some anniversary or other, or sort of the 20th, 20th film or something. Um, and they... Uh, they did some kind of yeah callbacks to previous ones I thought was handled quite well, but then they also did him water skiing down CGI waves or something. So, Ugh, yeah. yeah. Nope. Speaking of bad sequels, uh, Men in Black Two was the fifth highest grossing film, um, where they managed to lose all the charm of the original. I remember watching this. <laughs> I don't remember anything at all about this. No, I, I, likewise, I have seen it. It was back at uni. I don't remember. I don't think I saw any of these films actually in the cinema, apart from um, the actually no, the, the top two I did. Or maybe Minority Report as well. Um, I found maybe Dino. I'm talking nonsense. Uh, number four was uh, surprisingly low actually on this list. Looking at it, I would have thought this would have um, come high, but there's a strong list. Um, it was Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I remember this mostly for the rambling with the rhinos. Mm. This this was probably the worst film of the first three. Ooh, I disagree. I think the first one's much worse. Yeah, I thought this was awful as well. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one was pretty bad. Yeah, I remember now, young Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, oh. I think a lot of people didn't like the romantic elements of this, which uh, as, no. as 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 well known to you and I, I like a romantic subplot. Uh, I didn't I, like a lot of the other stuff in this. But, but uh, even this one, the, the, there was not much chemistry between the two leads. I don't think. No, no, that's probably that's probably fair. Mm. Uh, but it's it's weird because episode one had received kind of five star rave reviews when it came out, and then everyone's like, "Wait a minute, this is actually terrible." Uh, and this one, I think, similarly, everyone's like, "Well, this is much better." Then it kind of has not. Well, I say, I say. It, uh, not live well in the memory, but it kind of had this whole generation now who grew up with this, who who now love the prequels. So, uh, I guess there are people who love it. Mm. Number three. Yeah, you can speak about her again. I can. Um, she, Kirsten Dunst, starring alongside Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe uh, in Spider Man, the first Spider Man, um, which, along with X Men, and arguably Blade kind of brought in the, the, the modern superhero movie yeah I, I give it credit when credit's due right like I remember enjoying this first this this Spider-Man this iteration of mm. it you know I, I, at the beginning I, I'm pretty sure I was reading about it that no one thought that Tobey Maguire would make a good Spider-Man back then but yeah you know, 20 years down the line he's still here playing Spider-Man so. he's, he's still around and, and much loved and yeah this is a great film I think Sam Raimi does a fantastic job Especially when you think, yeah, the, the the blueprint for superhero films had not been written, and you look at other films. I mean, Hulk was was around this time, and think, yeah, this is, you, no one knew what they were doing in that respect. And it can go, I mean, a great film filmmaker like Ang Lee can still go horribly wrong. Mm. Um, whereas they kind of nailed this one first time out of the bag. Um, oh, that's great! That's great, and it brought you know it brought Tobey Maguire to you know to well, to acclaim. Um, 
James Franco. Yes. I know, I know who James Franco was. Anyone else, Dijon? Anyone else? Uh, no, that's it. Oh, no, it's just those Moving two. Moving on to number two. <laughs> uh, it's the second Harry Potter film. Uh, second? Yep. Yes. Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, they still contact. We're going to see this every year, right? Um, every single year from now on. The, they get good from three, maybe four. They do, they do get better from three when um, they actually grow up. Yeah, I I recently watched the um, Harry Potter Back to Hogwarts special thing they did, where they all. Played. No, how was it? It was quite fun, but they they did they didn't mention that these films are terrible. <laughs> They're like, it was so good, everyone loved it. I was like, really, really? Yeah. Uh, well, it was it was interesting who didn't take part in that thing, but it was quite fun to see them back. The Chamber of Secrets was my favorite book, though, of the okay. seven. Mm. Yeah, it was. Like, I think, I think I uh, one. I think when I started reading the book three, I started finding lots of plot holes in the uh. story. Um, and it was in book two when I yeah. So that that was that was why book two is my favorite because you know I didn't spoil any plot, plot holes back then. But book three, anything to do with, anything to do with time. Is uh yeah. No, I think four, four or five is my favorite. I, I like it when they. I, I, four is probably my favorite, but I also like five where it just got stupidly long. <laughs> That's the one where you have angsty Harry. Yes, he is a little bit too angsty, <laughs> um, and they stopped editing at that point clearly. But uh, yeah, good. And number one, um, the film that I was most excited by at the time, um, yep, Lord too. of the Rings: Two Towers, uh, the second in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I was uh, a keen devotee of, and and I still enjoy a lot. But I, I was obsessed with these. Um, uh. Because I, I wasn't really going to the cinema much at this time. I say I, I think maybe I did see three of the top ten in the cinema. But um, I, I was looking down the list, which we'll get to, of other films that are out this year, and most almost all the ones I have seen I've seen since. But Lord of the Rings, I was uh, I was very excited by. Yeah, I think I still remember the Battle of Helm's Deep being so impactful back then. Like, uh, yeah, I remember watching the Battle of Helm's Deep in the cinema. I was like, wow. Wow, they actually wow! <laughs> it looked amazing. I think, yeah, I mean, two is definitely my least favorite of the trilogy. Um, I think because it's a little bit too battle heavy without other kind of character development or, or, or other plot, but still, uh, still a worthy, worthy entry. Uh, that's the top ten. We're gonna have to go a bit quicker, <laughs> or or not. We can take our time. Um, what as we normally then do is uh, look at various things that won Oscars. Or, or nominated for Oscars. Um, Chicago, we've talked about at length uh, not too long ago. Yep. Got some Oscars. Um, Gangs of New York was uh, Mon Scorsese and Daniel Day-Lewis. Did, uh, did he win an Oscar for that? Um, nope. Adrian Brody won. Adrian Brody. Um, and it was the first time Leonardo DiCaprio worked with Martin Scorsese. And at the time, that was regarded as a very weird partnership. And it was only five years after Titanic. Um, and obviously, since then they've done a lot of stuff together. Well, it, it went well for Leo, I think. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, I feel that this film was too long, as I feel about a lot of Martin Scorsese films, but it's very good. Yeah, I've not seen Gangs on New York, so I can't really say much about it. Oh, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, Cameron Diaz is not brilliant, but uh, otherwise, yeah, good uh, twists and turns of, of early early New York. Good U two song. Uh, the Hours, maybe I think my brother's favorite film. Um, which, as we talked about, um, old prosthetic nose got an Oscar for that one. Twenty years ago, so she may win an Oscar twenty years after. But mm. uh, yeah, um, I don't know much about Virginia Woolf. Uh, only the part, only the part, only for the fact that she wrote Mrs. Dalloway, and that's it, really. <laughs> um, I have read a Virginia Woolf book. It is the worst book I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think you mentioned it all the time just to make your brother a little bit angrier. Speaking about my brother being angrier, I'm gonna. <laughs> Details. So last time we um, we talked about, or well, we, we did the CZ Awards, and one of my awards was for best um, person playing another character in the same franchise. Mm. And I mentioned uh, what's her name, Ver- Vanessa Hudgens in uh, the Princess Switch. <laughs> yep. And I got a voice message from my brother complaining that I said that she was playing a new character in the third one when in fact she wasn't. She was just replaying the one she played in the second one. I told and, you that. And then a follow-up message saying I probably shouldn't have sent you a message quite so quickly because he hasn't got there already. So in in the seconds after I said it, but before you corrected me, he managed to send off a message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, I'm glad he got his priorities. Yeah. yeah. He, did, he then did point out, I think, that in He's All That, they sang, uh, Six and Stunner Richard sang a different Kiss Me rather than the song that we said they sang. So oh, we, there she goes. They, uh, so we got that wrong, but um, uh, apologies. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why we need Simon. Yes. A fact checker. Mm. Um, adaptation was this year. And you're a big Nicolas Cage fan. Did you watch the adaptation? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, catch me if you can. One, I think maybe my favourite Spielberg film was, uh, uh, was this year. Yeah. I actually saw it very recently as well. Oh, um, right. Last year, I think. Yeah, during uh, one of the lockdowns, maybe. Yeah, I saw Catch Me If You Can. And yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I watched this in Malaysia. Yeah, I definitely watched Catch Me If You Can in Malaysia. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's yeah, fun. I, I, like I pretty big year for him um, and Tom Hanks. I've always said this, but some of the films have got a bit boring recently. If I, I mean, or a bit boring might be a bit rude. One but, note. But kind of weighty and um, yeah. yeah, Tom Hanks with a furrowed brow and all stuff. And this was... Um, zippy and fun and uh, and really really well put together and introduced was it uh, story fun uh, well I mean apart from all the death and stuff <laughs> uh, and also introduced uh, Amy Adams to the world or I think Amy Adams had done quite a lot of stuff but it was um, she wasn't anywhere near as well known as she, uh, she oh was that her film it wasn't oh. no no she, she'd done quite a lot before that I think but it was probably it was one of her bigger roles I think because oh. it must be pre-enchanted so you must be, yeah, you must be pretty enchanted. Wow. Wow. 20 years ago. Well, well done. There you go. She was also in this year in the film Serving Sarah, or possibly Serving Sarah. The film um, gets, changes the name at different points, um, which I think is the worst Matthew Perry film. <laughs> uh, and that's... I, I love Matthew Perry. This utterly, utterly terrible film. Uh, him and Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley is trying to divorce her husband and he's the person serving the papers to her but then she says rather than you serve them to me let's serve them to him there's a whole thing but this year uh in this in this in 2002 yeah oh, uh, okay. and a- amy adams is briefly in it uh, um as well there you go that's, that's another 2002 film that i've seen several times yeah you're not biased whatsoever right I, well i mean i'm, I'm telling you it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> And yet you watch it many times. Yeah, I'm back in the day. I owned like I don't know eight films or something. To, uh, we've not gone through all the winners, but you might uh, Treasure Planet. I, I I imagine you're probably a fan of Treasure Planet, Susan. I've not seen Treasure Planet. No, I've seen Treasure no. Planet. Yeah, um, I think so. What happened was that during the two thousands, so most people think of the year. You know, I, I should do a Disney one again because it's been a long time since I did a Disney mm. introduction. And, and That's true. Yeah, yeah, after the Renaissance of um, when the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, you know, Aladdin, Lion King, hit after hit after hit after hit, the two thousands weren't that good for Disney. Mm. So yeah. like you have Dinosaur, you know, um, you have. Hunchback um, of Notre Dame was that then? Was that no? That's, no, that's, that's the idea, was it? Late nineties, the late nineties. Yeah. So like Treasure Planet. Um, Atlantis Atlantis of course yeah. Uh, they weren't received as well as the previous uh, films in the renaissance right um, so yeah so I didn't watch them because um, yeah because of that I guess um, and because yeah I don't know it just wasn't an ex I know it's based off Treasure Island yeah um, but it's not really a retelling of Treasure well in the sense that, you know, they, they made it sci-fi. Put it that way. They it's did. not really they a did. loyal retelling of No. It's not bad, though. I watched it on Disney+. Plus. It's all right. Yeah, I've not seen it. So I may, I may check it out. I, I should finish all my Disney films that I haven't watched yet. So. Yeah. Mm. Uh, about a Boy. Good. Uh, any, any, oh, we've not mentioned About Schmidt, which um, I have seen. I don't know much about it, but it's uh, one of the few films to star someone playing uh, an actuary, or at least a retired actuary. So it holds a special place in both our hearts, I'm sure, Susan. Does it really? <laughs> uh, the, um, yeah, like, I was going through the, a lot of the, the lists uh, for this year, and I think I struggled to find any other film that I would like to talk about, okay. that I'd like to mention, because like, most of them... The ones that I've seen and I enjoyed were already in the highest grossing films or in the, Os- in the Oscar, the award-winning ones. And everything else just... Yeah, there's nothing too... 
special about this year apart from those which already won stuff so yeah i i must admit i had a similar experience i've got one or two though to talk about but um i usually yeah we usually have that list and then yeah another 10 or so and i'm kind of running out of time but yeah look mm. i've seen quite a lot but yeah there's not a lot to say about a lot of exactly, them exactly yeah. um the importance of being earnest i think is worth a mention because I, I love this film i've not seen it in a long time but um it's obviously based on the oscar wilde play uh colin firth rupert everett reese witherspoon uh, reese witherspoon and francis something i can't remember his name um uh, hilarious final i did i saw this in the cinema actually um very very funny adaptation judy dench uh, is in it so uh definitely worth seeking out if you enjoy that kind of thing the good girl did you ever see the good girl nope it's um jennifer aniston and jake gyllenhaal i think and and uh it's it's very good and she kind of it showed jennifer aniston in a different light playing more of a drama um more uh, a deeper character which she did do again in a film like cake but um but mostly she's limited herself to fairly bland rom-com type stuff so it was, it was kind of Jake Gyllenhaal like a teenager then yeah he he. I mean they what do you he's maybe 21 or something I don't know but uh, how old is he now he's probably 40 now isn't he yeah because like yeah Jennifer Aniston is at least 10 years his senior right yeah so I think he was he, he was playing probably a high school student or maybe a college student he was she was working in a supermarket and he was kind of um, obsessed with her from memory I've not seen this for a long time but um it's yeah, well, she because she was married to in the film, but uh, it's kind of stuff it would be nice to see her do more of. And I think because oh. friends were still going at this point, and it was um, it felt like maybe that was the direction she was going in, but didn't quite end that way. Uh, the hot chick was um, Rachel McCann's introduction to the world. Uh, I saw it last year for the first time. I it was a body swap comedy that I cannot really recommend. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Nicholas Nickleby is, is a good adaptation um, obviously Charles Dickens it's Charlie Hunnam I think it's uh, he's really good Jamie Bell is really good in this film actually uh, wow. I think maybe Jamie Bell's best performance I've seen uh, and one of the worst films I've ever seen um, The Sweetest Thing Cameron Isn't Diaz that the one with Cameron Diaz yeah. yes Selma Blair yes and Christine Applegate I think yeah uh, I saw it last year and it is incredibly terrible was it, wasn't this supposed to be like the female version of American Pie? So it's it's, yeah, it's, it's very crude and watching. Yes, um, yes, very much so. I didn't really realize that when I was going in. I don't think. Okay, <laughs> I, mean, I, I knew it was kind of, wrong, I knew there was going to be those kind of jokes, but I didn't realize quite how uh, lurid it would get. Okay, well. I'll end it with um, Spirited Away came out this year as well. Oh, yes. Um, introduced Studio Ghibli uh, to mainstream Hollywood, really. So it's the Japanese anima- animation. Uh, and one best animated film as well in the Academy Awards that year. Um, so, hmm. yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, as you know, I'd never... Well, I've only seen one Studio Ghibli and it didn't... Um, yeah, you weren't impressed by it, right? It d- didn't, didn't enthrall me. No, I didn't. I was just, no. I was just confused. <laughs> it's a giant red mouse thing. <laughs> There was a bus that was also a cat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, well, there's a couple more. So Sweet Home Alabama is the only time I've ever left the cinema in the middle of a film. Um, <laughs> but only because I realised I was going to miss my bus. I also finished watching that last year. I watched a lot of films last year. Um, you know, Colin, yeah. 365. Yes. Total. And The Born Identity, which I did not like, um, but a lot of people, a lot of listeners probably will. Um, arguably one of the more... Um, impactful films of, of the last 20 years I think it, it kind of changed the way that action would, um, thrillers were done for I can't believe it's 20 years since I, it seems that like it should have just been 10 years ago but hmm. I mean we are 36 right I guess we are I guess we are <laughs> uh, which means I think we've probably got time to do the act, uh, to do actor factor yeah okay I've already got four. Oh, really I thought you, um, I've got 16 um, so there you go you can start okay so uh, actor factor the segment where we talk about the films of a particular actor is, uh, this one is Bill Camp which is not a he's not a household name but uh, he's done a lot of stuff as uh, supporting actor he maybe these days most recognised as being the janitor in Queen's Gambit um, hmm. who taught Beth how to play chess but uh, I, I I think I've run it because I've seen him in quite a few films recently and thought oh that guy gets around um, so what uh, I'll do them in chronological order. Um, so he's in Reservation Road, which I always get mixed up with Revolutionary Road, but I think Reservation Road is the one with Mark Ruffalo and Michael Shannon. Where, yeah, Revolutionary Road is with uh, Leo and Kate again. 
Yeah. So this is this is not that one, right? Nope. <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, Mark Ruffalo's character accidentally kills, hits and kills the son of Michael Shannon's character, and it's basically Michael Shannon tracking him down. Uh, if I've got the actors right for that, uh, and Jennifer Connelly. Uh, he was in Lincoln, which was maybe the start of Spielberg's making good but boring films uh, phase. Because it's a very good film, but I have no intention ever to watch it again. Uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis uh, on top form. Uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave, which we did for Look Back and Oscar a while back. Uh, he was in Birdman, which we will do for Look Back and Oscar at some point, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in quite a few Oscar-winning films, I have to say. Yeah. Like all the four films that I've seen him in were Oscar nominated. So I've seen Twelve Years a Slave and Birdman. So What else you got? Uh I mean I've just covered fifty percent of my films, colleague. Okay, do you want me to go I mean I I just don't want to say the ones you I'll I'll say some ones I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. Um Love and Mercy, which is a film about Brian Wilson at two different phases of his life, where so it's got Paul Dano playing him and looks a lot like Brian Wilson in the sixties, and then you have John Cusack, who looks kind of like Brian Wilson these days. Uh, they don't look anything like each other, so it's a weird transition, but uh, it's not a bad film. Uh, but what is a bad film? Maybe one of the most disappointing films I've ever seen is a film um, starring Rachel McAdams and Emma Stone as the, the two love interests of Bradley Cooper, which, <laughs> seems, which sounds like a, an incredible film. Uh, it's Aloha, it was awful. Um, Everyone knows this. Yeah, I think... And they even, mock, uh, they even mock Emma Stone in one of the award shows, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when Sandra Oh was presenting. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I paid four ninety nine to watch this film on... Uh, on wow. On something like that. I think it's free on Netflix these days, but um, I can't really recommend it. Trailer's really good, though. Um, I'll skip through some of these, because I've seen a lot. Uh, Molly's Game, which I, um, I think is a fantastic film. Uh, just... Yeah. just is this one of the ones you've seen? Yes, and Aaron Sorkin. Mm. Good film. Very good film about a poker player. Well, not a real poker player, actually. It sets up high-stakes poker games. Yes, having uh, previously been a, a professional ski jumper, or skier, mm. maybe. Uh, Wildlife, which stars Kerry Mulligan and Jay Gyllenhaal, um, and I think was Paul Dano's directorial debut, maybe. It's mm. been from Paul Dano. I, I, did you ever watch Vice? I guess not. No. Um, so that was probably didn't get as many Oscar noms and stuff as, as people expected, but it's very impressive. This is Christian Bale. Christian right? Bale, that's right. Yeah. You'll notice I'm not mentioning Bill Camp a lot in any of these. He doesn't do a lot in most of these films. No, <laughs> but he's in a lot of higher profile films, though. Yeah, but only relatively recently. So I think, I, I mean, the, the furthest one back I've gone there is Reservation Road, which is. I don't know, that's probably 15 years ago at most. Like he's, he's, if I was guessing, I'd say he's probably 50 or so. So I, I'd have thought he would have been in a lot more earlier, but he's he's kind of only come to the scene relatively um, recently. Uh, I think I know your next one, Zijan. Uh, is, uh, is it Joker? Yes, which we've both seen and covered in our review before with Joaquin mm. Phoenix winning uh, Best Actor. So yeah, all the four films I've seen, Toby's um, yeah. the Safe, Molly's Game, Birdman, Joker, they're all Oscar winners. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Passing, which I mentioned recently um, as the Ruth Nega, Tessa Thompson. Uh, news of the World, which was Tom Hanks very slowly and boringly moving news across America. Uh, and Dark Waters, which was Mark Ruffalo doing Aaron Brockovich. So yeah, he's he does uh, he does good films. He does some not so good films. But I mean, none of those are bad apart from Aloha, which okay. um, is going to be my least favourite. Uh, do you, do you, what's your least favorite of those four oh, good fil- four tough. good films you mentioned? Yeah, this is tough. I can't choose. I can't choose. Watch I'm, all four of them. They're all wonderful. There you they're go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite, or are you just going to say they're all? Uh... <laughs> no, it's it's quite a cop out, right? That's the thing. Like I, I like something different about each of them. Yeah. Um, I'm quite glad they're not in like the Oscar running together. So I like, I like something about. I yeah, I'd probably say actually my my favorites are the are the four that you've seen. So. Mm. Um. Cool. Uh, next time we are doing Look Back in Oscar, where we watch a film that's won Best Picture Oscar. What are we watching next time, Zijan? Uh Simon suggested this, right? He did. Uh, it's Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel. Uh, look forward to that. And we finish then, as we always do, on the quiz, where we're quizzing on the films uh, directed... I hope it's directed by, because that's the only ones I've looked it's at. It's directed by, yeah. Uh, um, Pete Doctor. And yeah, thank goodness because well, we're supposed to be doing a Lego movies this time around, but uh, it turns out we've done it already. So uh, yes, yes. If anyone, I don't know if people listen to these and then kind of 
keenly remember what we said for two weeks and I can't wait for that Lego movie quiz. Um, <laughs> well, if you want to, it's somewhere in our archive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dig it up for you. Yeah. People, people remember that. It was a great quiz, probably. <laughs> uh, take us away, Zijin. Question one. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've asked this before somehow, right. somehow. But who was the voice of the abominable, abonim, abominable snowman in Monsters, Inc.? Tom, the construction worker in Up and Fritz in Inside Out. Yeah, it's that guy. He does all the voices. Um, of all the films. Yeah, and I always get mixed up with the disgraced former head of it. Um, <laughs> so one of them is called John Ratzenberger. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it's John Ratzenberger. He <sighs> has done voices in the first 22 films. Wow. Uh, cool. Um, what voice did Pete Doctor himself provide in Inside Out? It's not a main one, that's for sure. It's not a main one at all. Is it the clown? I'll go with the clown. What, what, the clown? The nightmare clown, you know? No, I don't know, but uh, it's been a while. Uh, no, he, he voices um, Dad's Anger. Ah, cool. Um, question two Monsters Inc. won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for If I Didn't Have You who sang it? ooh no idea um, If I Didn't Have You Monsters Inc. Um, Randy Newman no Randy Newman wrote the song but uh, the singers were the two main voice actors John oh really? Billy Crystal yep ah. um, of Pete Doctor's four Pixar films as director uh, which was the only one not to win the Oscar for Best Animated Feature? That's Monsters, Inc. It is. It lost to Shrek. It did, yeah. Mm. Question three. It's going to be fun for you, Colin. Oh, yeah. How many balloons <laughs> appear on a house in Up when it first lifts off? What? To the nearest thousand. The, what? The nearest thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more than a thousand. <laughs> um, is this... How many actually appear, or how many appear according to the uh, text, according to the script? Because there's no how way there's, actually appear. Yeah. There's no way there's more than a thousand in that. Uh, I'm going to say to the nearest thousand, zero. Because <laughs> there's like twenty balloons. <laughs> They're not twenty balloons. <laughs> there are twenty thousand six hundred twenty-two. No, balloons. there aren't. So twenty-one thousand was your. You That's just not true. Why don't you count them? Maybe I will. No one drew 20,000 anyway. Uh, on what day in 2020 was Soul released on Disney Plus? Uh, why? In what, on what day as well? Yeah. It's horrible. Um, I saw this in Malaysia. Right. Malaysia comes out quite early, so it's in December. I'm going to say December. Yeah, I said what day? <laughs> I, it was definitely the end of December. I'm going to say the end of December. You're saying, you're saying 31st of December? <laughs> no, not yet. It was definitely towards the end of December. Okay. Uh, fine, I'll go with 31st of December. It's probably like Christmas or something. It was Christmas Day. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I asked the balloon question, so I deserve Question four. According to Pete Doctor, each emotion in Inside Out is based on the shape. Joy is a star, sadness is a teardrop, fear is a raw nerve. What shape is disgust? There's a disgust. <laughs> so I'm really need to watch this film again. Um, Mindy Culling. Um, she's green. That's not a shape. Um, uh, uh, sponge. Yeah, I mean, they're quite tied to their emotions. Oh, yeah. So sadness is tear, fear is a teardrop, and fear is a raw nerve. So disgust was shaped like broccoli, because yeah. broccoli pizza was served at the beginning of uh, Inside Out, and Riley hated it so much. Although, fun fact, which uh, I almost put in my next question, but I didn't, uh, that in some parts of the world, they switched it out for other things, because in Japan, for example, broccoli isn't reviewed as being disgusting. So they switched nope, they like just peppers. Green peppers. You well ahead of me. Um, no, I felt bad about question three, so question four is easy. Uh, what's the name of the kid in Up? Uh, why can't, do I not know this? Or maybe not easy. I don't know. Why do I not know this? I don't know. Oh, no. It's Carl is the... Carl is the old man. Mm-hmm. 
Russell. It is Russell. Good work. Oh my god. Uh, question five. Uh, in Seoul, what is the name given to all the counselors who prepare unborn souls for life? Oh. They all share the same name. Yeah. No, I saw this, um, and I have seen the film obviously, but. Uh, you love this film as well, right? It's a good film. It's a very good film. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, you're going to get the next one right, so this is irrelevant. Um, I should win a Pixar film. Any, uh, you should really. Anyway, you? Yeah. Uh, and they are called the. I thought if I got a run up to it, I might get the answer. Um, they are called the analysts. <laughs> They're called Jerry. Okay, no, I, I completely forgot that. Um, okay, you've already won, but you can extend your, your victory by answering um, a similar question to what we just talked about. Uh, in Inside Out, Riley stands daydreams about which sport in the US version, which was changed to football or, or soccer, uh, for some international markets? Uh, hockey, or ice hockey. Correct. Um, good work. You take a lead uh, for the year after we... Uh, we Only two quizzes, it. yeah. Only two quizzes. Only two. I'm not going to rest on my laurels because <laughs> I know I was in the lead last year as well and look what happened to me. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a topsy-turvy all year. Um, our quiz topic for next time um, after uh, learning about Gal Gadot's remake of, of to, um, to Catch a Thief uh, is Grace Kelly Alfred Hitchcock films. Nice, uh, okay. I think there's only... Three of them, so there's. Uh, it's really oh, it's much better than some of your other <laughs> selections, Colin. Yep. Netflix feature films, Colin. <laughs> Netflix feature films. Yeah. I still remember that. I have nightmares of that. <laughs> and um, it's next episode, season is our special 150th uh, episode. What exciting mm. topic are we doing to to uh, mark that occasion? <laughs> I know the one that you've all been clamoring for. <laughs> Films beginning with the letter H. <laughs> Finally, you can stop writing in. You can stop sending us all those emails to at cdzmovies at gmail.com or contacting us at cdzmovies on Twitter saying, please, please tell us your top stop. 10 movies beginning with letter H. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We'll see you then. Bye.